Hi, thanks for joining us online. We're glad that you've chosen to access this message. It's so encouraging to know that God is using the ministry of Portico Community Church to touch the hearts and lives of people all across the world. If you have a story to share or a prayer request, we would love to hear from you at info at porticocanada.ca. To support our ministry, you can donate online by clicking on the Donate button at the top right of your screen. Once again, we're so glad that you've joined us. It's our prayer that this message from God's Word will deeply impact your life. All right, good morning. Good morning. Does everyone want to see me do a dance when we get to uh, One Hope? Yeah? No? Okay. I'm from Newfoundland, so we do jigs. All right? Yeah, got a good old-fashioned jig out of me. Um, yeah, good morning. Good morning to our, our newcomers. Good morning. Uh, it's so good to have you here, and, and for all of our family, it's great to see you today. Um, for those of you who don't know, special announcement that uh, we posted this past week is uh, Rachel, um, my wife, Rachel, is pregnant. And so, yeah, yeah, we've, uh, we already have one son named Noah. And uh, we found out, to our surprise, that we've got twins coming. So, yeah. Woo! Right? (laughs) Yeah. I think in sports references, so for me, it's like, okay, we went from, you know, double teaming to suddenly zone defense, right? Like, what just happened, you know? So, uh, we are, we're absolutely over the moon excited. So, uh, we're really going to need you to step it up. So you don't realize it yet, but uh, we've, uh, we've intentionally put some of your names in a hat that are going to be doing daycare as well as uh, babysitting. Uh, just remember, being a pastor, I know which ones of you are retired, semi-retired, and uh, have a little bit of flexibility at work. So I'll be calling on you, uh, especially during services. We're going to just hand off babies, okay? Uh, but we are, we are so excited about this, uh, this new season coming up. So we're expected in June. Um, so it's going to be really good. So really pray for us. It's June, but they say that twins come potentially a month earlier, right? So May. So I know I pay attention during, during, uh, when the doctor was talking. It's good. It's good. I was still surprised, but I was listening, Right. <laughs> Uh, no, but it's, it's so good. We're, we're really excited. So we just wanted to share with our family that, that good news. Um, so today, though, we are in a brand new series. Um, and uh, brand new series, Getting Ready for Christmas. Uh, let me just find out here. Anyone done Christmas shopping? All right. Wow. Okay, good. And I'm assuming, raise of hands, does everyone have their tree up? Everyone has their tree up. Oh, wow. Some of you haven't. Okay, okay, a little bit of Scrooge in some people here. Okay, okay, no, I'm just joking. Um, so decorations, presents, awesome. So this series that we're doing is called True North, uh, learning to let God's truth set the course for your life. Um, recently, I was on my, my laptop doing some uh, research and, and searching on Google. And uh, as most of you probably are like me, you suddenly, uh, as you're working on something, you get sidetracked and you start thinking about a bunch of other things and a bunch of other searches, a bunch of other, you know, things, family stuff comes into your mind, maybe twins, I don't know, like, but stuff comes into your mind. And, and while I was doing some research, 
Googling on a, a specific topic, one of the things that I, I started thinking about is, you know, I wonder, I wonder how many uh, Google searches there are every year. I wonder, I wonder how many websites and web pages that Google filters through a year that Google is, is aware of. Because as I'm trying to filter through this uh, research and, and, and discover some truth and some answers that, that I had questions to, um, I noticed that there was millions of responses to my questions. So I was just wondering on the side, uh, when it comes to searching for these things, how, many, how much Google would, uh, would be in control of. And so Google alone, here's some interesting facts for you, okay, is that Google has 1.8 billion websites that it can, it can send you to. There's over 130 trillion web pages that Google is aware of, okay, 130 trillion. So 2 trillion is the estimated number of uh, searches Google handles per year and receives per year. So that's, just to put it in a little bit of uh, perspective, that's 63,000 searches per second, 3.8 million searches per minute, 228 million searches per hour, 5.5 billion searches per day, and 167 billion searches per month. That's a lot of people searching for answers. Uh, Some silly and uh, some answers uh, when it comes to some of the toughest questions that we face in life. To be honest with you, most of my searches revolve around uh, me trying to prove my wife wrong um, and uh, directions. I know that they say that men are supposed to be really good with directions, right? And uh, that just totally skipped me, um, completely. And what I love about my wife is she just kind of reaffirms me all the time, saying that I'm really good at directions. But we both know that that's a lie. Um, But uh, so there's all these searches happening, and some of the major searches that are happening is what is my IP address? Okay, another one is how do I tie a tie? And one of my favorite searches that uh, happens on Google every year, one of the top searches is when is Mother's Day? (laughs) When is Mother's Day? I'm sure it's in a panic when they're doing that, right? Um, For those of you who are wondering, May 12th. Why I know that, I Googled it, okay? Um, But in all this research, there was one thing, in all of my searching, there was one thing that really stuck out to me when I was uh, on Google looking for an answer. And it was that statistics revealed that 91% of people don't go past the first page when searching for an answer. 91% don't go past the first page. And this is what I conclude with that. This This is what I see when it comes to the reason for that. One, we're either really satisfied with Google, good for Google, right, to filter all those ones out. Uh, Maybe we're satisfied with popular opinion, right? Okay, you know, if they believe it, good for us, right? Uh, Another one is laziness, right? Um, Apparently, goldfish have better memories than us, right? They can stay focused longer. I learned that too on Google. But uh, so it could be laziness. But the other one I was thinking about is that people have started to believe that truth is relative. People have started to believe that truth is relative. In other words, there is no absolute truths 
It doesn't matter which page I go to. If it looks good to me, then it must be good. And we see this happening currently in our society a lot, where society insists that truth is relative. And that's why we have slogans, right, that maybe your uh, teenagers or your young adults are saying, or you see on, on, on TV and websites, the, the slogan, you do you, right? You do what's best for you. Whatever decision you think is best for you, do it. Don't worry about anyone else. The idea that your values are what you choose, what you want, what you would like to believe in. And what you'll discover from all these, these Google searches and just in general is that the most important question, the most important issue that can be discussed, and the most important thing that people today are looking for is what is truth? What is true? Right? There's a lot of fake. We know fake news and all these things. So the biggest issue, the biggest question we can ask is, well, what is true? And if you actually look throughout history, you find out that humanity has always been in a search for truth to the point that they've battled over it, that civilizations and and countries and people have literally warred over this idea, this particular issue. And if you really think about it, the biggest issues that you and I face today are in issues predominantly revolving around truth. Right? What do you believe as opposed to what do, what do I believe? And we fight over this. We see, it, we see it every day, whether it's at the workplace or with our family, you know, whether it's, uh, it's, it's at our schools or when we go out. We're always battling this idea of what is true. You know, just because it's true for you doesn't mean it's true for me. And so we need to ask ourselves, is there such a thing as absolute truth? Or is it all just relative, right? Can everyone have his or her own truth or has it already been defined for us? We just need to find it. So over the next number of weeks, as we're going to be uh, getting closer to Christmas, we want to go on a journey that's telling the Christmas story and, and from the Christmas story, learning what it teaches us about truth. So let's take a look today when it comes to the wise men and their search for truth. So open up your Bibles to Matthew 2. Matthew 2, and we're going to start in verse 1. Matthew 2, verse 1. The Bible says that after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who is born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had come together, all the, people, uh, all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet uh, has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Jude, uh, Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be shepherd to my people Israel." 
Then Herod called the Magi secretly, found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may worship him. After, after they had heard the king, they went on their way and the, uh, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming into the home, they saw a child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. From this story here of the, the wise men, we can see that truth originates outside of ourselves. The Magi said, where is the one who is born king of the Jews? We need to remember that the Magi are extremely educated people. Like people would go to them when it came to any wisdom, any knowledge, any understanding, because these were men who spent their time studying ancient manuscripts, studying the stars, looking at the heavens to discover the mysteries of life, and we're, and we're in search for truth. And so in that moment that we just read, they recognized the significance of this particular star amongst billions of other stars. And they recognized the significance of this baby compared to any other baby. And they were willing to leave everything, even their views and opinions behind in an effort to discover truth because they understood that it was something that they could not define for themselves. You know, one of the most common beliefs today is that everyone has to define right and wrong for themselves. This belief that everyone gets to decide what truth is. They, they have to define what is right and wrong. And yet, if I ask the average person in the room here, if it were okay for me to steal from someone, most of you would say, absolutely not, right? And if you were the person I stole from, chances are you'd have an even bigger issue with it, right? You'd probably punch me in the face, right? Like, that's, that's, that's the reality. And in, in, the, in the same way, in the same way, if I were to ask you if there was anyone uh, that was in the world right now doing something that you think they should stop doing, no matter what they believe is right or wrong, most of you in the room would say, well, absolutely. There are people in the world doing terrible things right now, and it doesn't matter what they believe. You know, especially if, if those people were our kids, right? You know, can you imagine your teenager or your kid deciding what is right and wrong at this age, right? When I was a teenager, if I could choose right and wrong, I'd have a healthy diet of chips and salsa, okay? Like that's where our mind is. It goes to that emotional side. It goes to the feeling side. And so what we see here. Is, is that people, in fact, believe there is some sort of moral code or primal law that is not defined by us. It's not defined by my emotions or my feelings. In fact, what you learn is that it must be accepted 
this code, this moral law, this reality, it must be accepted regardless of what I feel, uh, of what I think, or even what I experience. I remember hearing a story uh, by the uh, apologist Ravi Zacharias. He was traveling to do a lecture in Ohio University, which is one of the biggest universities in North America. And his host was driving him to the, this lecture, and, and they passed by this big building. And, and the building is called the Wexner Center of Performing Arts. And the premise behind this building is that it is the first postmodern building ever to be created. And so the man is telling Ravi this, and he looks at, at the building and he says, um, sorry, help me understand, what, what do you mean by the first postmodern building? And the man said, well, uh, the architect that built it made it because there's no absolutes in life. There's no absolute truths. So the architect has pillars that don't support anything. He has stairs that go nowhere. It's a senseless building that someone else has paid for. And Ravi said, you know, he thought for a minute and he, had, he said, so the argument is because there's no absolute truth. There's, there's no purpose, no design to life. Why does it even matter? And the man was like, yeah, that's correct. So Ravi paused for a minute and he said, question for you. Did he do the same thing with the foundations of this building? And there was just complete silence. And here's what the host learned that day is you and I can fool with the infrastructure all we want, but you cannot risk fooling with the foundation because it will call your bluff in a hurry. What does that mean for you and I? In other words, we can all say all we want, all we feel about what is right and wrong, but at the end of the day, there is a foundation of truth that we are forced to acknowledge and that can't be ignored. There is a real right and a real wrong. And if we were honest with ourselves today, many of us don't want to acknowledge a higher authority that does define right and wrong for fear that it would pose or interrupt on our personal autonomy, right? That it would make me do something that I don't feel like doing. Simply put, we don't want to do what we want. We don't want to do what others are forcing us or wanting us to do. We want to cling to our own truths, our own reality. We want to cling to the idea that we create our own truth, which just simply isn't possible. We can decide what we want to do with truth, but we cannot define it, right? We can decide what we want to do with truth, but we cannot define it for ourselves because it originates outside of ourselves. From the story here, we also see that truth remains constant. These wise men would have traveled thousands and thousands of miles following the same star for months, maybe even years in search of truth. Can you imagine traveling that long with the same people for that long, potentially years, right? We've all gone on family trips. You know, there's a few things you can guarantee when you go on a family trip. There's one person that's always saying, are we there yet? 
and there's another person who's threatening to turn the vehicle around, right? And, and so you can just imagine there's that one magi going, oh, come on, right? Are we there yet? And then you've got the other magi going, I will turn this caravan around, right? Like, this, this is the reality. We all get shaken up by things, you know, that take longer than we want, you know, and I wonder if for the Magi, there were these moments where they might have wanted to give up their search. If, if they questioned themselves, right? Or, or even if they became discouraged, we're, we're, we're chasing a star, right? We're following a star. Society would look at that and be like, really? Like, that's a little weird, right? If I, if I said that to you, right? Like, hey, what are you doing today? Oh, see that star? I'm going that way okay, right? Where's the insane asylum, right? Is it that way too, right? And yet they, they I wonder if they were discouraged like this. Because I know for a fact it's easy to get discouraged when we're looking for truth, when we're looking for answers, when we're looking for help and, and hope, trying to figure out, you know, my purpose in life, figure out uh, what the meaning of life is. We can get discouraged, and yet the star, the sign of truth, remained constant for them every day so that the Magi were able to find and follow what they were looking for. They were able to find truth. And in the end, from this story, we see that they were able to find Jesus. And the same could be said for us today. The truth isn't hiding from us in plain sight. It's not a mystery. There's no conspiracy. It's, it's, it's not top secret. Rather, this truth remains constant to guide you and I through life's everyday moments. Romans 1.20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. What's this saying? that God reveals himself and his character to us through creation, through his revelation. We, we see it through the word. We see it through others. And it shows us, especially in creation, that, that God is a, is a person of strength, of, of intelligence, of intricate detail. Uh, he's a God of, of order and beauty, a God who is in control, but also a God who absolutely loves us absolutely loves you. In fact, God is love, full of forgiveness, and that he's promised eternal life for each one of us. And at the end of the day, truth needs to be sought out. We're all on a journey, a journey for truth, a journey for answers, and so we need to be intentional about figuring out what the reason for all of this is, right? Can it really be just an accident like we hear all the time? Or is there something more to this life? Is there more purpose that you and I have? Is there more meaning to this life? Is there morality? Is there, is there something more? than just every day going to work, every day just coming home, having dinner, and just watching Leaf Game. That's me, um, right? Um, potentially spending time with your three kids now. Right? now uh, right? it, there's got to be something more than just that, right? Every day doing that in and out. 
I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, if you look for truth, you may find comfort in the end. But if you look for comfort, you will not get either comfort or truth. But in the end, you'll just get despair. When we live by our own truths in order to live comfortably, all you'll find is depression. That's why depression is on the rise in society, because we're chasing after comfort, right? The things that we have today compared to other nations, we have so much. I've been to third world countries and seen these people with nothing and have so much joy. And, and you know what? Um, they're not living a, a life of comfort, and yet they've found this truth. And, and I've seen, I've been to homes where people have all this comfort. They have everything they could ever physically want, and yet they're empty and they're broken. Right? When we chase comfort, we find despair. When we chase truth, we find something more. You know what we find? We find fruits of the Spirit. We find love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, right? I don't think we were ever meant to find pure comfort in this life. That's why, you know, one pillow is just not good enough. We have to keep on changing it, right? Like we, we, we strive for comfort and yet we find ourselves going back on it, right? Some of you right now are hitting your spouse going, that's it, we need a new pillow, right? This will solve all of our problems, Right? And and don't get me wrong here, when we chase after truth, when we search for truth, it's not to say that bad things won't happen to us when we search for truth. When you you look to see if God is is for real and and even start or continue on, on this journey, we all know that, you know, bad things happen. But what you'll find is that the one constant thing in your life, when things are going wrong, the one constant thing that won't change is Jesus. Is Jesus. Is, is that it doesn't matter what you face in this life. He will always be there to guide you, to help you, to bring comfort in whatever season you find yourself in. He will constantly be there for you. It reminds me of a, of a story of a man named Horatio G. Spafford. And uh, Horatio went through some of the worst moments you can go through in your life. Uh, he was a, a wealthy businessman who eventually, because of the, the, uh, um, the Chicago fires that happened long ago, that all, his, all of his investments, all his buildings and his home were burnt down from this. And not only that, but later on, his son dies uh, from a disease. And then to get away from all the chaos, he sends his wife and his four daughters away to England. And on the, on the, the ride there, there was a big, huge storm and the, the boat capsized. And so he got this telegram from his wife saying, only survivor, only one saved. And so you can just imagine what is going through this guy's mind. He's literally losing everything he loves and holds dear. Like, forget about the business. Forget about, you know, the, the fires and everything. You, you've just lost 
all your kids. You just lost the things that are most dear to you. And the story goes that as he was traveling to go and reunite with his wife, he got to this one point in the ocean where, um, where the captain let everyone know, hey, this is, this is where that boat just recently capsized. And it fell over and, and all those people lost their lives. And it was in that moment that he sat down beside, uh, beside um, on the boat beside that, that place where such tragedy happened. And he penned that song that many of us know today called, It Is Well With My Soul. Right, the first line being, uh, when peace like a river attendeth my soul, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, you've taught me to say it is well, it is well with my soul. Truth had brought him peace. Truth had brought him comfort in the worst moments of his life that you could ever imagine. And yet he finds comfort in his faith. He finds comfort in his strength. He finds comfort in truth. He finds comfort in that his God is still good, that God is still kind, that God is still loving, that God still gives hope, and that he gives strength. Truth remained constant to guide him through one of, one of life's most unbearable moments And for those of you who are in one of those moments or are questioning, maybe you're skeptical of this, if if God is really real, if if God is really who he, he says he is or who these people say he is, let me tell you this, that the truth, the truth, the source of truth might surprise you. The source of my, uh, it might surprise you like Horatio and the wise men, if the band can come up that it might surprise you who this God is. You know, sometimes I think to myself how crazy it is that these wise men, these rich kings, as we we assume they were, ended up in Bethlehem of all places. Like Bethlehem at that time especially was no more than 100 to 200 people at best. And they bring these gifts and they, they come and they, they worship this little baby that's lying in a manger. And that when they saw him, they knew, they knew that this little child would one day save the world. That this child would one day bring hope to the world. And what's even crazier is that 2,000 years later, you and I stand here today and we remember this moment in time, this moment that has incredible significance to you and I and a deep impact on, on all of us, people from all walks of life, all, all races, all colors, all cultures, that this one moment in Bethlehem changed everything. That moment when we discovered that truth is not a thing, but truth is a person. And his name is Jesus. You want truth? His name is Jesus. You want to understand what this life is all about? Look to Jesus. Look at his life. Look how he lived. Look what he brought. Look what he came to do. Look to the truth, look to Jesus, 
John 14, 6 says, Jesus was standing before the masses and he said this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way. You want to know where to go? Follow the way. Follow him. You want to know what the truth is? Follow him. Look to him. He is truth. And you want to live the best life you could ever live? It has him in it. He's in it. That truth can change your life if you let it. If you follow him. Let me encourage you today in the busyness of society, in the busyness of getting ready for Christmas, in the chaos of what you might be dealing with in your homes, in your family, at work, wherever. Let me tell you, truth has come and his name is Jesus. And because Jesus is here, peace has come. And you can have peace in the midst of chaos.